Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, relationship coach, and rehabilitation counselor. I'm also a Christian who for years grew up in a church that taught me to fear God instead of love God. For years, I felt betrayed by God and felt like God didn't love me because I wasn't perfect and because I didn't do the right thing all of the time. For years, I felt like I was destined to go to hell because there was no way I could keep all of God's laws and there was no way I could win God's approval. It wasn't until I began to read and study the Bible on my own that I realized that, yes, there is nothing I could ever do to be perfect. I will never be able to win God's approval. But the great thing about it is that I didn't have to because God loves me the way I am and God is here to help me through any and everything that I go through. It wasn't until I realized that God was there for me and that what I had been taught about God my whole life was a lie that I began to understand who God really was. It wasn't until I began to lose my religion and focus on God that I understood who God was and his amazing love for me and how much he loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different journey and a different path to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to the Finding God Podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Our guest today is Jessica Bell. Jessica Bell is an amazing person. She is a youth advocate. She is a teacher. She also is the host of a podcast called Unmute Your Mic. In addition to all of this, Jessica is also a Christian, and she has an amazing story to tell us about how she found God. So without any further ado, here is Jessica Bell telling you how she found God. Hello, Jessica. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I am great. Thank you so much for being on the Finding God podcast. I am super excited to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's truly an honor. I love talking about talking about God. I love talking to new people. So thank you so much for having me on today. You are more than welcome. All right. So I have a question to ask you. Just tell me a little bit about yourself and what was your childhood like? What was it like growing up as a child? So, um, like you said, my name is Jessica. I live in Kansas City, Missouri currently. Um, I work with youth. I am a teacher. I love children. Um, And so my childhood growing up was um, interesting, to say the least. Uh, (laughs) I can say as far as my relationship with God, I didn't have one. Um, I had people in my life who kind of said they had relationships with God, but I didn't really truly see them walk it out. And so because of that, I kind of just knew of God, but I didn't know him for myself. And it's funny because a lot of people say that, even people I've spoken to who kind of grew up in the church, it's like we all had that experience. Like we knew of him, we just didn't know him. So when you were younger, what were some of the things you were taught about God? Like what did you hear about him? Um, I, I basically heard that God was like this rule maker. He was kind of like, 
you know, he had these lists of rules and you better not break them or your life is going to be horrible or, you know, you're going to go to hell and that kind of thing. Um, so it really taught me to kind of grow up and be a little fearful of God. And I, it, I didn't see the loving side, side of God. I only saw the, the legalistic side. That is true. A lot of us are afraid of God. I know I was when I was a kid. I used to be so yeah. afraid. I used to tell people, do not pray for me because my mom had told me as a child that, you know, if I wasn't going to do the right thing, that God would make something happen to me. So I would be forced to accept him. So, yeah, I totally get it because I grew up in a church as well. And I was terrified of God, not the reverence part of it, but like really scared yes. of him. So I totally understand. And you mentioned that you knew people in your life who actually, um, they, they talked about God, but they didn't really live that. So was religion a part of your life or was it just something that people said in passing, but it was never like a part of your life at all? No, it wasn't a part of my life at all. So I can remember, I can count on one hand the amount of times that I even went to a church as a child. Mm -hmm. um, and most of that was like, it's Easter Sunday or Mother's Day or Father's Day. So we should go to church. Um, but church was not a part of our, um, our daily or everyday life to any capacity. I'm very curious, what made you start going to church? So for me, I think as I started getting older and I had gone through um, certain things in my life, just as a child, things with my parents, that kind of thing, I was about 17 or 18. And I just kind of always remember feeling like I was missing something. Mm -hmm. Um and it was, it was weird because I didn't have any idea what it was. And so not only did I feel like I was missing something, but I felt like I was a little different than everyone around me. I, I would say things like, oh, I have a feeling, not knowing it was discernment or, oh, I, you know, like just certain things where a lot of times we throw around kind of God sayings without actually knowing who God is. Mm -hmm. And so I remember starting to say, you know, maybe I'm going to look for a church because I felt like a lot of the people that I was hanging around with, I just didn't like the stuff that they liked. They were really, they, you know, they were into drugs or drinking or partying. And I just kind of always it didn't fit in. And it wasn't like I was not doing it because I was so holy. It just wasn't my thing. Um, and so I remember telling one of my friends, I'm going to start looking for a church. Like maybe I can find a church with a young adult group, um, so that I can find some people who are kind of more on my level of just kind of like, of thinking, like, I just, you know, I'm corny. I like to like play game, like board games and go on hikes. And like, that was the kind of stuff I wanted to do. Yeah. And so I was like, maybe I just need to find people who aren't caught up in like the party scene or you know that kind of thing and so I remember my friends specifically telling me like no don't do that because once you go to church you're gonna start to change and I was like okay she's like you're gonna start thinking you're too good for everybody and all this stuff so I ignored her thankfully and I started just church hopping you know I was just finding different churches and I was like I don't know what I'm looking for like mm -hmm. I haven't really I had never been a member of a church so I didn't know what I was looking for I just knew that something was missing and I remember it was the fourth of July and I was at this event at a park and they had like all these different tents set up like you know selling stuff and that kind of thing mm -hmm. and one of the tents was a church 
And the pa- the youth pastor came up to me because he was just trying to target like the younger people in the crowd. And he handed me a flyer. And he was like, hey, we have um, our youth services is from ages 16 to 21, you know, and it's on Friday nights. And he starts talking about how they had gang nights and how they had parties and, you know, they, you know, they had different stuff. And it sounded, I'm like, oh, this sounds like fun. It doesn't even sound like church. Um, So I remember taking it and I put it in a cup holder of my car and found it five months later when I was cleaning out my car. And I was like, I'm going to go on Sunday. And I went that Sunday that I found it and literally never stopped going since then. Wow, that is amazing. And it's funny because it's like you got the flyer, but then it wasn't until five months later that you actually went. And I find it amazing that even though it was five months later, you still went through with it. You still followed through because so many people say they're going to do something, but they never really followed through. But that is a testament to how much you really were looking for something. Because that's amazing that you still found it and you still. That yeah, I don't. I, honestly, I wish I could remember what my thought process was at the time. <laughs> I don't know. But I just, I remember I had kind of stopped, though. I had gone to a bunch of different churches and I just kind of felt like some of them felt clicky or really judgy. And then I was like, you know, I didn't feel like I was saved enough to be in certain churches. And so because of that, this that flyer was like kind of like my last ditch effort like okay god if this church doesn't work i'm gonna just i don't need church after this (laughs) so yeah it was very interesting well tell me a little bit you mentioned how some churches were like judgy some were clickish some made you feel like you weren't holy enough to go like what i know those are the vibes you got even after that did you ever have a feeling like okay this may not be for me I'm done. So after those experiences, it it did discourage me a little. And okay. here's why. Because I think in my head, I always thought that church was going to be filled with perfect people. Right. So when I would go there and I would see that people would be lying and backstabbing and gossiping and broken, um, I was like, wait, this I can get this at school. <laughs> I can get this, <laughs> I can get this in my family. You know, I can get this other places, but it wasn't until I later on matured and realized you're going to find the most broken people at church because that's that's where the people go when they are broken to get healed. And so even though because I was younger, it kind of turned me off, it's still I had enough experiences in my life with those type of people that it didn't completely phase me because I deal with people like that in my family and in other instances as well. Right. Well, that's interesting. Now, as you got older, and I know you say you went to church, so you joined when you were 17, right? Yes. So as you got older, how did you either, did you stay with the church or did you slack off a little bit? Like, what happened when you got, as you got older? So... I was one of those excited believers where I was like, I found Jesus and it was like nothing else mattered. I started, I mean, I was going to church for three, four days a week. I uh, ended up being a part of, of the leadership team at the yeah. church. I, um, I actually part helped run the youth ministry. Um, and then I was on like the prayer team and I, I just, threw everything into it and it was because it filled what it was that I felt was missing and so even the people like still to this day some of my best friends in my life have came from that first church that I went to because we just started um 
we just started connecting and it it really was it was beautiful in that sense and so as i as i got a little older i started to realize that it didn't take all of that right so it was like it wasn't like oh if i miss one day and i don't go for 3 days then god's going to be ashamed of me right. i had to it took a while for me to switch from religion to this is my a relationship with God mm-hmm. and so there doesn't have to be so many rules um but like but early on you know like I said I did I did go very hard in the church and and for like five or six years I mean I truly I tell people I truly believe that time it saved my life because during that time you know I lost my my grandmother who I was close to I just was experiencing certain things um at home and with my family and having that community of people I you know I truly believe that God was very intentional about when I found those people and they served their purpose for that season that is awesome the more you say you went to that church you were there and you had a great time and you had a good experience which is great so during that time as you were going through church and you're doing everything you mentioned something that has me curious. You said you realized you didn't take that much. What made you realize that? Like, what was the moment where you're like, oh, I'm doing too much. I mean, did you get burned out? Did you get... Part of it, yes. Part of it was getting burned out. Church started to feel like another job for me. Um, because also during that time, I enrolled in ministry school and decided I wanted to be a youth pastor. So it was like everything was surrounded with church. But I was, I realized I would be at church for five or six days a week, but I had never, I didn't pray at all. Right. Like I wasn't praying. I wasn't really reading my, my word unless the pastor said, open, turn to this and read this scripture out loud. But I started realizing, I'm like, Hey, this kind of just feels like a job. This kind of just feels like I'm, I picked up a part-time position at a church. (laughs) And so as I started, I started, um, going to this Bible study group, which later spun off into me having my own Bible study group. And it turned into me, it turned into me really understanding that I had to work on my relationship with God and that God wasn't just somebody who said, you have to do all these things in order for me to love you. As I started pursuing him for myself, I really understood that God didn't care if I was at the church all night sweeping or, you know, God, and, and I know that God saw that I had a servant's heart, but I didn't want it to get to the place where God's like, you served the people in the church, but you never even talked to me. And I remember having that revelation of like, God doesn't even know me. Like he knows me because he knows me, but he doesn't, I haven't offered up anything to God. I'm, I'm serving my pastors. I'm serving the people in this church more than I even have a conversation with God. And so I, I got to the, um, I got to the point where I said, let me just pull back to make sure I have a relationship with God first, because the downside of being so involved in the church is that when you get to see the behind the scenes things, you get, I tell people, I'm like, you get to see the, like the green leaf of a church. (laughs) I don't know if you watch that show, but (laughs) you're like, wait, so this person is doing this with this person. So Uh this money is supposed to go here and it's going here stuff that like a normal member wouldn't see because they're not behind the scenes. And when I did that, I started noticing, I felt distant from God. And I, and I was like, wow, 
because I'm not serving God, I'm serving people. And people are always going to let me down. When I started serving God, when certain situations would happen, I would understand that these are imperfect people doing imperfect things, but that doesn't change my relationship with God. I like that. Imperfect people doing imperfect things. Because so many times we do forget about that. And I can totally understand where you're coming from because both my husband and I have experienced like burnout. I used to be at church all the time doing everything. Even when I got older, you know, that's just how I was raised. So I would still do the same thing. And then I would find myself, you know, rushing to church, not spending as much time with my kids, not doing a whole bunch of stuff, buying stuff real quick, just trying to, and like you say, became like a job instead of actually something I like to do. Because I love to sing. And I... When church was, you know, in service or whatever, I was selling the praise team. And I had been doing it since my daughter was, I think she was like four years old. And at first I started out with a singing every single week, which is fun and I enjoyed it. But then I found myself like, I was just like, okay, one more song and then we get to sit down. And, you know, I'd be in church and they would preach sermons and the sermons meant absolutely nothing. I was like, well, I'm paying attention and I'm taking notes, but I'm not getting anything. And I would have devotion some, you know, with myself, but even with that, sometimes it'd be like a quick laying in the bed prayer. You try to talk and you fall asleep, you laying in bed. It's like, like you said, I didn't really have that connection. And it wasn't until I realized that, okay, first I'm doing too much. I need to let like tons of things go. And then I also realized I did not have a relationship with God. And that's when I started to work on my relationship with God. Now, of course, other things happen in between. But that those were things that helped me realize this. So I totally get where you're coming from because church can definitely wear you out. My husband had an experience like that as well, where he was like deacon, he was doing something. And he's like, you know, I can. He's like, I feel like I'm at work. God wants to get to know us, like you said. And it's not about all the work you have to do because even doing too much, if you think you're doing it for God, it's still not helping you and it's still a disservice. So yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's good. So tell me about a positive experience you had at church and how that affected your perception of God and tell me about a negative experience you had at church and what that did to your faith. So I think one of the most positive experiences I had in church was very early on when I went to church and got saved. Um, The way the church did it was they would assign you a prayer partner when you decided to grow up and have the prayer of salvation and all of that. And so that prayer partner that was assigned to me is literally one of my closest friends to this day. And so she, um, and many times when I was in church and I was questioning like, should I be doing this or am I doing too much or, you know, that kind of thing. She was always kind of my finding my, like the point I would go back to. And she really became a mentor to me. And so she was one of the people that helped me get closer to God on a personal level because I had, like I shared with you, I had shared with her about that feeling of like, you know, Hey, I just feel like I'm serving people and that kind of thing. And so that was probably one of the most positive experiences because being able to have somebody who was a believer, who would pray for me, who has seen me through every season of my life for the last 14 years, um, is to me, that was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me because there were a lot of moments where I probably wouldn't have been able to walk through it had I not had somebody to call on. Um, one of the most negative experiences I had was actually still, I want to say, at that first church. And it was when I when I joined the staff of that church. And when I, it's the moment that I got to see that everybody was, was human. <laughs> But it was very kind of disappointing, especially when that person is the pastor. 
And so there started being all this scandal that was happening in the church. And it was, I mean, it was terrible stuff. Like, and I just remember feeling like this is like, this can't happen. These are church people. (laughs) Uh, This is my pastor. And I remember feeling just so defeated because I started to wonder if like me serving him that whole time, serving the church, serving him was done in vain, or if I was doing something wrong, or like, if I was really close to God, how come I didn't know that this stuff was taking place? And it took a while for me to understand that, you know, when God calls you to serve a place or a person, he knows what's going on behind the scenes, even though we don't. But I wasn't that mature in that moment. And so in the moment, it really made me, I remember leaving a meeting that we had when kind of everything was exposed. And I remember saying, I'm never going to another church. This is so messy. This is so much drama. This is, you know, I don't want to be a part of this. And so I did take like, I want to say probably a six month break during that time because I was just so like appalled, Uh, but you know, just by the stuff that I had heard. And so that was, that was definitely one of my most negative experiences. And, you know, I know people sometimes don't think you should take a break, but I do think occasionally you should take a break from church because I think you need to detox and like reconnect there because I think that's the best thing to do. So when you started yeah. to go back, um, did you go back to the same church or did you just go somewhere else? So that was very difficult. I actually just decided to go to a different church. Uh, but one of the youth pastors that was at my church started their own church. Okay. And so I went to that church, which was refreshing because I was still around a lot of the same people. Um, but when I went back, I started without serving at all. I told myself, I was like, I, God, I just need some time to heal to receive from you, to not have, you know, 1700 responsibilities. And so for a while, I just allowed myself to just be a member and to allow not only just like the pastor to pour into me, but to allow God to pour into me. And what I realized is when I was serving so much, I wouldn't even be hearing sermons because I was serving during the the message. And if I didn't go back and listen to it, which a lot of times, to be honest, I didn't, I realized that I spent four or five years working for the church, but never really fully receiving anything or being covered. I don't know. It's almost like you're telling some of the things that happened to me because like you said, (laughs) during that time I was saying on the praise team, it's like we were saying we would go out. Sometimes we would have refreshments or snacks. And like you said, we wouldn't really go back into the church a lot of the times until it was time for the St. Our Appeal song. So like yeah. you, we missed like, I know I personally missed years of actually listening to a sermon. And I guess sometimes we don't realize how it really affects us because we're like, you know, we're good. We- it definitely does. Yeah, exactly. That's so true, though. Make sure that as you're pouring out and serving on a regular basis, that you have people and you have things that fill you back up because then the serving, you start serving not even from a good place. And if you're not serving with a good heart, you might as well not even be doing it. And then, like you said, you get the burnout, you get the feeling of uh, disappointment when things aren't perfect. Um, and you, you're distanced from God and it, it confuses you because you're like, God, I'm spending so much time in your house. Uh, but what we don't, what we also have to realize is church, the building is the is a man-made building. Exactly. Like having church can be done in our living room, on the couch, watching a YouTube video. I mean, any, any of those things. And so when we put so much emphasis on the building and I think 
2020 showed us that, right? Like when, exactly. when COVID happened. Out. Yeah, when COVID happened and everyone was like, oh no, we can't have church. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> like <laughs> church is, is a personal experience with God. Church can be done virtually. Church can be done with you and your Bible and some worship music playing in the background. Yeah. It taught a lot of us to that we really had to fall back to the just the basics of falling in love with and finding God on our own without all the fanciness and the hoopla and the screens and the 50 piece band and you know that kind of thing (laughs) no you are right about that because I call it my this 2020 was like I said I tell everyone it was my time to detox get away from things you know because going into like the beginning of 2020 I was not feeling religion I was going to church but you know it wasn't doing anything for me and so I remember telling people that and they were like, well, it just depends on your relationship with God. And I was like, no, I think my relationship with God is okay. <laughs> I'm just not feeling church. And so when everything happened, it's, and it's funny because it's like the week I was talking to him about that, then the next week they stopped church because of the coronavirus. I would find myself like washing dishes and stuff, just have quiet time since we couldn't go anywhere. You know, I could put my music on. And I am a lover of Christian music. I always have been. So I'd be listening to music and stuff. And I would feel so close to God, like just washing dishes. It was crazy. Like my own little time and praying to him, talking to him, and even just listening to some sermons on the radio, on um, YouTube. For me, it was refreshing because I have been going to the same church for so many years. And I have been going to the same denomination since I was a child pretty much. And so that's all I was hearing like all the time. But then once I start venturing out, listening to other people, I'm like, okay, I like that. I like what they're saying. I like what they're saying. And it was nice to me because I was like, okay, so I don't have to have a, I don't have to have a particular religion, but I can still have God. You know, it's like, you can always have God. It doesn't really mean you have to have a religion. And I started thinking about like the people in the Bible days, like, they didn't have a religion. They couldn't stay on Baptist or Presbyterian or whatever. They didn't have that. They just knew God and they had him. So I was like, I think that's where I'm going to go back to. I'm just going to get back to God. And it has been a wonderful year doing that. Like, I'm enjoying it. I'm like, I, I had to tell my kids. I was like, I don't know, guys. Like, I mean, if they, we can't go back to church, I'm not sure I'm going to be there every week. <laughs> like, yeah, because now we know that we can experience God in our own way. Exactly, And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. Church and fellowshipping with people and that kind of stuff. It's amazing. And it's definitely, you know, it's, it's good to have, but it also has allowed us to get creative in the ways that we communicate with God and get creative in, in the things that fulfill us when it comes to our relationship with God. And we don't have, and we know now that we don't have to just depend on going to a building at a certain time every week in order to have that experience. No, that is so true because I find that sometimes guys talk to me, he talks to me through music. He talks to me when I read the Bible. Sometimes, you know, I can be in the car and I'll have a thought and I'm like, oh God, I never thought about that. Like, it's crazy. I would literally read the Bible and say, well, God, I don't understand. Why did they do this? Why did you do this? And it's like, I read something that I explain why something was done or why something was said in the Bible. And I'm just like, wow, you know, it's amazing the many ways that he will talk to you, like even based on your personality, based on who you are, because I'm a questioner. I question everything. So I've always asked questions and to know and understand that God doesn't mind me asking questions and he will answer my questions. This year has taught me a lot about that. All right. Well, I have one question. One more question. What advice would you give to someone who is looking for God, but don't exactly know where to start to find him. 
That is a good question. So I want to say, I would like to give you a very political, churchy answer, um, you know, with a lot of great scripture. But if I could just be completely honest, yeah. if you are looking for God and you don't know where to find him, you already have found him. Wow. Because when you look for God, that means you're one, acknowledging that he's there. Mm-hmm. And two, that means your heart is open and ready to receive him. Yeah. So the issue is not, or the, the question is not, you know, I can't find him. It's that he's in the things that you don't think he's in. And I like to tell people all the time, God is in the details. God cares about the little things. So when you find yourself looking for God and you don't feel like you've necessarily had an encounter with him, take a look at the things that are going on in your life. Look, Take a look at the things that you have been saved from. Take a look at the blessings that have suddenly started coming your way and understand that God is already there. Like you don't ever have to look for God. There are times that he is silent. Yes. There are times where he lets us go do our, I mean, he always lets us do our thing, but there are times when God is very evident. Like you're like, this was God because you know, somebody just dropped a car on my doorstep and I needed a car, right? So you have those moments. But I tend to believe that our relationship with God is not filled with those kind of moments. It's filled with the little things. It's it's the way he protects our hearts. It's the way that he looks out for us ahead of time. So my advice to you would be to be quiet. Don't go on a, a, a mad chase trying to find God. He's already present. He knows that you're looking. And sometimes he's just saying, can you please be quiet long enough for me to announce that I'm already here? I like to tell people all the time, God's in the room. Sometimes he's under the bed or sometimes he's sitting in the middle of the floor, right? But if you if you just say, you know, sometimes we just want God to look like what we expect him to look like and that can be dangerous because god is going to do what god wants to do and so if you are looking i need you to understand that that is the first step i need you to know that the fact that your heart is open and you have decided that you want to find god you are already going in the right direction god has not left you yet even if you didn't know he was there he's always been there and so just be still be quiet and allow him to really show himself in your life. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica, so much for being with us today. Thank you for sharing your experience. We appreciated you being here and thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. I always love having conversations. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And before we go, if anyone wanted to contact you, like where, how could we get in contact with you? How could they reach you? What is your social media handles yes so my personal social media handles are jess uh, j-e-s-s underscore christina um that is on instagram jessica bell on facebook and you can follow my unmute your mic podcast under that title unmute your mic on youtube facebook instagram spotify apple Podcasts. Yes, and I just have to tell everyone, Unmute Your Mic is an awesome podcast. You've got to go check it out. And she's on YouTube as well, so go check her out. That was such an amazing story, and I just love the part of the story that she shared when she was talking about how she was doing so much in church until she wasn't actually taking time to spend time with God and to develop her relationship with God. Another takeaway that I got from the interview is when she said, if you are looking for God, 
you've already found him. I think that is so amazing. And it's true because if you have a desire in your heart for God, and if you are looking for him and you notice that you have a void, that is God's way of letting you know that he's here for you and that he loves you and that he's accessible and that you can talk to him about anything at any time, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, whether you are looking for God, whether you found God, whether you don't even know about him, or even if you know about him but really don't want to have a relationship with you. It doesn't matter. He loves you the same as he loves me. No matter what you do, you can never take yourself out of God. God's love. So the song we're going to listen to is a song that I wrote a few years ago and it's called God Loves Me. And I wrote this song because at the time one of my favorite artists or one of my many favorite artists um, had gotten into some trouble and he was going to go to jail. And when that happened it made me think like what happened? Like what would make you do this or what happened? How did you get here? And then I wrote this, I wrote a song, but the first song that I wrote was terrible. It was like all sad and it's like, what happened? Why, what, you know, what made you do this? But then after that, I threw that song away and I don't, yeah, I totally destroyed the song because I thought about it. I was like, it's not important what made you do this or what happened or why you did something. The important thing that though it's important is that this individual knew that God loved him. And I think that's the important thing for any of us to know is that God loves us. So I wrote the song, God Loves Me, because that is the message I thought would be appropriate to share with someone who was in trouble, to remind them that how much God loves them. Even to remind myself at times that God loves me even when I am not at my best and even when I'm not 100% and I'm not doing what I should be doing or not even trying to do the right thing. It's important to remind yourself that God loves me. And that is why I wrote this song, God Loves Me. As you listen to this song, I want you to think about how much God loves you and how there's nothing you can do to take yourself out of God's love because God loves you.
what I know I should say, but he loves me. I don't always do what I know I should do, but he loves me. I say no when he says yes, he loves me. As I end this week's podcast, I would like to thank Tamara Bodhi for singing the song, God Loves Me. I wrote the song, but she sung the song, and I think she did an amazing job. Thank you so much, Tamara, for singing the song for me. I would also like to thank Patience for allowing me to use his song, I'm Winning, as the intro and outro for the show. And guys, remember that no matter what happened this week, no matter what you do, you are a winner because God loves you. All right, so guys, I'm here next week, same time, same place. So join me each and every Friday as we go on this wonderful journey and find out how people find God. Thanks so much for being here, and I hope you have an amazing week. Bye-bye.